This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable from PG County, Maryland, with Demetria L. Lucas. You see, I have like a little pep in my voice today. It's because I finally slept through the night for the first time in a week. I'm still jet lagged. And by slept through the night, I mean I woke up at 6 a.m. for good, as opposed to 4.30 or even 2.30 a.m. I've been back officially for a week as of today, and this jet lag has been kicking my ass over, and I'm still not through it. I've got at least another three or four days. It always takes minimum 10 days for me to readjust when I come back from Ghana. I thought it would be less because I was usually traveling to Ghana from LA, which is obviously three hours behind the East Coast. It's actually worse here than it was in LA. I've been walking around awake, but not really awake, and sleep, but not really fully sleep for the last week. Like, it's... It's not been good. I did leave the house again. Last episode, I'd been home for four days and I just left the house for the first time that morning. I've since been going out daily. I went to the mall because I had to get my other laptop fixed. Something happened to my laptop in Ghana, like the keys got warped. I don't know what I did to my laptop, but they had to replace the keys and they can get it back to me before I leave. So I went to the mall, ended up going to the cheesecake factory because I had to wait. And I was like, well, since it's here, And then I went to get my teeth cleaned yesterday and ran some errands. Oh, and I went out with one of my friends um, for dinner last night. There's a new Black-owned spot on 8th Street. It's in the the building where Smith Commons used to be, which was also Black-owned. It's called Bronze. I heard it was a new Black-owned spot. It's only been open a couple weeks. And I wanted to go check it out. I heard the food was good. It was cool. Great service. I just really wasn't that hungry. I ordered a bunch of stuff and I just sort of like picked at it. My mom had cooked one of my favorite meals and I didn't know she was going to make it. So I couldn't resist. So I was like noshing before I left. And then I got to the restaurant and wasn't just wasn't that hungry. Uh, but the food was cool. The company was great. The drinks were great. The cocktails were good. It's supposed to be this Afrofuturism decor or vibe. I totally didn't get that. Like it was just a black restaurant to me and not like a black restaurant that does soul food. It was like upscale black. Like there were like oxtails and parpadelle, oysters, some sort of like pepper shrimp. There were a couple things on the table. I'll post pictures on my Instagram. 
It was good. I just really wasn't that hungry. Good vibes, though. It was good to have a DC Black moment again. Not that I ain't used to being around Black folks, but like, you know, Ghana Black is Ghana Black. DC Black is DC Black. I enjoy them both. Um, but it was a good night out. I'm supposed to meet up with one of my friends later today. Kalila from Mess in a Bottle. She said she would come to PG County to hang out. But I kind of want like crab cake egg rolls. And I was like, shit. I know she said she could come here, but I was like, maybe I should go there. I don't know. I just want to see her. I haven't seen Kalila in, has it been a year? Trying to catch up with as many people as I can while I'm here. I don't know how that's all going to happen because I'm only here for another 10 days. And there's a bunch of people that I need to see. But I also got a bunch of work to do. I got a call yesterday and it was like, hey, do you want to be a consultant on this show? And I was like, um, yeah. When does it start? And she was like, I mean, it could start Monday. And I was like, that's not going to happen. And it can't start the week after that because then because I'm moving countries. And she was like, what about the week after that? And I was like, well, yeah, that works. And so she was like, OK. And I was like, is this is this how Hollywood works? You try to fight your way into a writer's room, get a show made or or whatever else. And then you just sitting at home minding your business and like the showrunner texts you and is like, hey, you want to be a consultant on my show? Yeah. OK. I have business affairs send a contract. What? Yeah, that's simple. I'll tell you what it is when the show comes out. Just as a, a general rule, I keep having to relearn this lesson. I'm going to stop talking about shit until it actually happens. Because people worry me to death when I talk about things in steps. Like this whole, I'm in America and all these, I don't know, accusations, rumors, gossip. Like, oh, what happened in Ghana? Nothing happened in Ghana. I'm just moving to another country. But why are you moving to another country if you really like Ghana? Because Africa has 54 countries and I want to see as many of them as possible. And traveling from West Africa to South Africa is a logistical and expensive nightmare. So it kind of just makes more sense to just go somewhere else. Done it for a few months. Um, people are like really invested. And I was like, I mean, thank you for reading and watching and all those things. But you know, this is still like my life, right? I might wake up one day and be like, fuck this all and go move, I don't know, like London or some shit. Don't try to predict me. I intentionally live a life that is, that is random and unpredictable. I prefer it that way. Oddly enough, who am I? I used to love stability, like live for stability, pride myself on stability. And now I'm like stable for what? Nah. What's going on in the world? I do have energy today, but also anxiousness. Like the rest of, I don't even think black America. I think America in general is on pins and needles waiting for, I don't even know what to call these things anymore. Police brutality video, police beating video, police assault video, um, police murder video. The five black cops in Memphis, the, the motorist, the black motorist that they beat, died three days later because of this beating. The news channels are promoting this video like it's the world release of, of Thriller or some shit. Yesterday, they started talking about it and they were like, it comes out Friday after 6 p.m., Friday after 6 p.m. And encouraging people to brace themselves for, for what's on this video. The, the gentleman who was killed, I keep hearing the story about how his mother was unable to watch the video because it was so violent. I was passing through the living room earlier. My dad watches the news incessantly. So I overheard an interview with the, the motorist's father and and he was describing on the video, one of the officers punt kicked his son like he was a football or something it's supposed to be really really violent and then the news reporters were talking about how cities around the country are bracing for protests riots 
as a result of this video and I was like, oh, y'all don't know black people like that. Black people are not going to riot. No matter what's on this video, black people are not going to riot over black cops doing this to another black person. I mean, they're just not. And not to say that it's any better because black people did it. I think it's it's perhaps even more deplorable. Black people showed this level of inhumanity to another black person. That's something that we expect from racists. It's not something that we expect from each other. We, we recognize that police officers stick together and protect one another. But I think there's still a thought process that black trumps officer. And it seems in this case that officer, police pig, some people might say, Trump's black. I say that and then I also kind of want to walk it back because now I'm thinking about like the scene in Boys in the Hood. Trey just kept being antagonized by a black police officer and I remember conversations, even as a kid, because I was when that, that movie came out, but I remember the conversations people had about the choice to make it a black officer who antagonizes Trey throughout the movie and the common refrain was like, yeah, black officers be worse than the white ones because they're trying to prove that they're police before they're black. But I still don't see black people taking to the streets, um, whatever's on this video. And God bless the chief of police in Memphis. I mean, as fucked up as this is, she's a black woman. They're doing their best in Memphis to try to, control is not the right word, mitigate maybe? Keep folks from rioting, which again, I don't think they will. But of the five officers, five former officers, they've already been fired for violating policies on excessive use of force, duty to intervene, and duty to render aid. Even before the video comes out, they've already been charged. Each has been charged, I'm reading this on CNN, with second-degree murder, aggravated assault, two charges of aggravated kidnapping, two charges of official misconduct, and one charge of official oppression. Each officer received all of these charges. I also read that, I'm scrolling down, Somebody else was fired, too. Two members of the city's fire department who were part of Nichols. The gentleman's name is Tyree Nichols. I don't think I said his name prior, but Tyree Nichols. Two members of the city's fire department who were part of Nichols' initial patient care were also, quote, relieved of duty, according to a fire spokesperson. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation announced an investigation into Nichols' death and the U.S. Department of Justice and FBI have opened a civil rights investigation. And again, this is all before the police video has even been made public. Usually this doesn't happen until the police video is made public and then people take it to the streets and then you're trying to stop the riots. And then it's like, all right, let's let's indict these mofos. Let's charge these mofos. Let's lock people up. Like, let's do something. So they stop burning down the goddamn cities. So I guess this is being proactive. It's it's let me choose my words carefully. First and foremost, I wish police would stop beating on and killing black people, period. All of all of these reactions that, that I just described, the, the indictments and the charges and the firing and all this other stuff are are symptoms of a disease. It's not actually treating the disease, which is whatever is going on with the police, that they cannot stop themselves from from shooting, killing, maiming, harming, brutalizing black people. That's the disease. What they're doing with these officers and taking this this very heavy handed approach with them, immediately firing them and charging them, all of these things. If, if you just can't stop brutalizing black people, this is what should happen. 
And I hope that this sets a precedent. I don't think it will. But I hope that this sets a precedent for how these cases of police brutality and police murder are handled going forward. Because unfortunately, like this is America. It won't be the last one. There'll be another one next week or the week after. We have police killings as often as we have mass shootings. Pause. I've been back for a week. I've heard four, five national news stories about school shootings or mass shootings like the 72 year old guy who who shot 20 people and either 10 or 11 of them died the asian guy i just knew when that story came out when they were looking for the guy they were still doing the manhunt and i was like yo these white men have lost their minds and then they was like oh it was an asian man who was mad at his ex-wife what y'all doing this shit now too stop stop but in the same week, a 72-year-old man goes and shoots 20 people, killing 10 or 11 of them. A six-year-old also takes a gun to school. What? What? I haven't been in America listening to the nightly news and keeping up with the American crime dramas in which the police, the criminals, the citizens, everyone all carries guns. Everyone has guns and we're fighting to the death. This shit is alarming. Before I left, because it was no different, there was a mass shooting like every week, twice a week before I went. It's not like this is new. But when you get used to hearing about that stuff all the time, you do get really desensitized to it in a way that you're not even aware of. Like, it's just like, oh, there was another mass shooting. Like, oh, okay. We're all living with some form of PTSD because of all these mass shootings. But just being out of the matrix of that for like six months and then coming back to crazy shit all in one week it's like yo like this is fucked up i don't understand how we and i mean like we as like not just the people because we don't make the laws i mean we wrote the people in but i don't understand how like our government just allows this shit i understand like you know the right to bear arms is in the constitution but you don't think that you know with a mass shooting i mean like every day Actually, I was reading something that said there were more mass shootings already in 2023 than there are days in the year. When I heard it, I want to say it was 36 mass shootings. We ain't even at the end of January. We ain't hit day 31 yet. I don't understand how this is tolerable, acceptable, and it's been going on forever. Like this should have been this should have been handled way back in Columbine, which was like 20 years ago. We still on this dumb shit. Like how? How? Tell me you don't give a fuck about your people without telling me you don't give a fuck about your people. <sighs> but but Memphis, they throw in the book at these black officers as they should, as they should. But it's not lost on me that this has never been done. This wasn't even done for um, what's the guy for George Floyd? You kneeled on the man's neck for eight minutes and seven minutes of it are captured on video. You slowly killed the man on camera surrounded by videos it's not like there was one person hiding in the bushes you didn't know they were recording you were standing in a circle of people who had their phones out and and you didn't you totally didn't give a fuck even he is it Derek Chauvin is that his name even he didn't get this kind of treatment there's a debate on my Facebook page they were like is the video that bad or are they throwing the book at these people because they black I don't know what could be worse than George Floyd I read about people who've seen the video comparing it to the Rodney King video which was really bad I, I hate to make a comparison between Rodney King and George Floyd Rodney King didn't die on video I mean they beat the fuck out of him it was a, a completely horrible violent video I remember it as a kid I think I was in eighth grade when that video came out like that was brutal he didn't die though 
this gentleman doesn't die on camera, but I feel like the way they're talking about this video, poor mother, my prayers are with her, couldn't watch the video. It's probably pretty bad. But I also think they're, they're throwing a book at these officers because they black. I was on Instagram right before I logged on here and Charles Blow, who I think is one of the most brilliant writers of our time, he had a, a thought of the day that he posted to his Instagram page. He said, quote, isn't it interesting how hard we had to fight very often unsuccessfully to have white officers who killed black citizens fired, arrested and charged. But when five black officers killed Tyree Nichols, they are fired, arrested and charged with a swiftness. And the systems that often stand in the way of justice stood back as if offering them up for sacrifice. That's what it seems like. I'm like, oh, so all this time, like you could have acted this way when it was white officers and black citizens who were beaten, maimed, murdered. So all this time, you could have done this shit and you chose not to. You could have because we're watching you do it now and it's real easy for you. You did it swiftly, effortlessly. So you could have done this all this time and you didn't do it till now? Oh. Say fuck the blacks without saying fuck the blacks. <sighs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We have to talk about other things this week and it feels very, um, what's the word? Silly. I have on my list of things to talk about. Puma Badu post a booty shot with her mom. I can't talk about that shit with any seriousness right now. We'll save that for another week if I still care next week. I barely care this week. This situation with LeBron's kid. Some recruiter is upset that they can't access Bronny. Some recruiter was ranting on Instagram. They're upset. They can't access Bronny directly. They have to go through his parents. And the only one who will talk to anyone is the mom who's only available on Tuesday and Thursday. And then they have to go through a publicist to schedule a phone conversation with the mom. And I was like, yeah, what's the problem? You thought you should be able to access a high school student without going through his parents? Why? And Tuesday and Thursday is completely reasonable. You just want to pick up the phone and just call the mom directly. I mean, I guess that's what they do with everyone else. I, I appreciate very much a LeBron and Mrs. James, the Savannah, the James. I very much appreciate that they're protecting their black kid. Lord knows he needs it. You mad you got to jump through hoops to talk to black people. That's all this is. If it was a white celebrity, if we were talking about, I don't know, like Larry Bird's grandkid, this wouldn't be a conversation. You would acknowledge their celebrity. You would acknowledge that the, the person is insulated because of their family, fame, and wealth. You'd be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You wouldn't be having a conversation about why you couldn't directly access a Kennedy. Put some respect on that black billionaire's name. Oh, this is good black news. This is worth talking about. Shirley Ralph and Babyface are also performing at the Super Bowl. I knew Rihanna was performing. I didn't know Shirley Ralph and Babyface were as well. Shirley Ralph is doing the Black National Anthem. She's doing Lift Every Voice and Sing. Do we typically do that at the Super Bowl? I don't really watch the Super Bowl. I really only watch it for the halftime show. But I don't know. Does, does Lift Every Voice and Sing usually happen at the Super Bowl or this is new? Babyface is going to do America the Beautiful. I have faith that that's going to sound good. Babyface has a lovely voice. And then there's a white boy, a country singer, who's going to do the national anthem. Okay. 
am I going to watch the Super Bowl this year? No, I'm not watching the actual Super Bowl. I'm going to watch the halftime show and tune in early for Cheryl Lee Ralph and Babyface. I think that that's good enough. I'm doing the podcast almost entirely backwards this week. I guess this counts as good black news. The 1619 Project is out on Hulu. I have not watched it yet. I have a bunch of friends who started watching it. Two of my favorite TV reviewers on on Facebook, J. Bernard Jones and um, L. Michael Gibson, um, they love TV even more than I love TV. They've been discussing it and they've been saying good things about it so far. So I'm, I'm excited to watch that. I just need a chance to sit down and actually watch. I'm a huge fan of Nicole Hannah-Jones. I want her to win at all the great things in life, her and her red hair. I want all great things for both of them because her hair is its own entity. I read the 1619 Project. It came out and then everyone was talking about it. And then the actual magazine that it was in, I was trying to get a copy of it. And I want to say like it was already like $100. That thing might be up to like 1000 now. But I read a PDF of it and it was really good. And then I listened to it. I want to say there was a podcast where Nicole Hannah-Jones was reading it. And I listened to that. But I really want to watch this on, on Hulu. I just haven't had a chance to do so yet. Also, during my like ins- during like the early days of my insomnia, like I, I watched Elvis, which I talked about at least on social. I don't know if I talked about it on a podcast episode, but Elvis was really good. I did because we talked about the Oscars. I did talk about Elvis. So I watched that one insomnia night. And then I started watching Truth Be Told. Somebody sent it to me and it's it was Octavia Spencer and Gabrielle Union in the advertisement for it. So I went to watch it on Apple and then I saw that Gabby is actually in the third season and I missed two seasons. So I was like, well, you know, it's not like I can sleep. So I went back and started watching season one and it's actually really, really good. It's kind of like, okay, remember Reasonable Doubt on Hulu with like Jax and Michael Ealy and her fine husband who liked to watch her have sex with other people? That show? Okay, really good show in case you missed it. But it's like that, except it came second. Truth be told, came first. Octavia Spencer probably has 20 years on Jax. She is a podcaster who does a show on true crime. And the gist of the first season is in an early season of her podcast, she made a big deal about this um, this guy who was suspected of killing his neighbor. New information has come out that makes her think that she may have played a part in putting the wrong person, a teenager at the time, in prison. So now she wants to go back over the case and find out who the real killer was because she doesn't believe it was the person that she accused. So she's trying to go back and right her wrongs and then everything just goes haywire from there. One of my criticisms of Reasonable Doubt was that everything that you expected to happen, happened. Like the person that you thought was going to kidnap Jax is exactly who kidnapped Jax. The, the person that you thought was a killer was actually the killer. There was no twists and turns. This one, tons of twists and turns. I mean, the ending is kind of like, girl, what? But it's like, a okay, I can maybe see how that happened. Like, but there's so much crazy shit that happens. Like, it's, it's really, really, really good. It's not too, too bloody. There's a couple incidents. But if you like true crime and mystery and, and you don't like predictability, this, that's a good show for you. But I made it through first season. I started on second season, which is just okay. I might skip second season and just go first to third season. Oh, the other part. On Truth Be Told, remember William from This Is Us? William plays Octavia Spencer's father on the show. 
He's a different version of William. He fired up because I think that's just who the actor is and that's what comes out. He gives you old black man with energy and no fucks to give. Like that's just, I think that might just be who the actor is and that's what he likes to give. Or he's just a hell of an actor in typecast as an old black man who gives energy. But he's really, really good on the show. It's definitely worth the watch. Watch the first couple episodes and let me know what you think. But I think I might skip ahead to season three and see what's going on with like Sister Gabby Girl. Season two is just, I don't want to give away the premise. I just, I don't, it's not, it's not hooking me, obviously. Was there something else? That might be it for us today. The 1619 Project, truth be told. Yeah, everything else on this list is shit I really just don't care about. Frivolous. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Speaking about random pop culture things, I don't mind talking about TV and film because it's actually something I'm passionate about. But other random stuff, I just... I'm really nervous about this video. I usually don't watch these kinds of videos. Like I, I've begged people not to send it to me. I will ask you again, please don't do that. Um, I may watch this one just to see, or I may skip it. I don't know, but it, I have, I'm like anxious about it. Releasing that type of energy, seeing a black person just manhandled and abused and beaten and treated inhumanely that word keeps coming up about what these officers did to the motorist whether the officers are black or white is is kind of irrelevant to me and just in this specific context i don't want to see anybody beaten like that mistreated like that there's something about like that video being published and and the energy shift that it causes when people view it, that it's going to have a, a collective impact. Even if people don't take it to the streets, it just makes you feel like shit. I remember during George Floyd, I wish I had written down the expert's name. There was 24 hour news coverage of George Floyd for, you know, weeks. Like it dominated the news cycle. And they were asking experts to come on and weigh in on, on all sorts of things just to, you know, keep, keep the story. I remember there was this expert and he was talking about what it does to the psyche of black people to to keep watching videos of black people being brutalized, how, you know, it triggers depression and it trigger it, how it can trigger depression and how it can trigger angst and um, how it really just like fucks you up. And I never at the time thought about it that way until I heard it. I just knew I would watch these videos and I would feel really, really, really sad afterward. Just, I would just be in a funk for a while. And then when, you know, the psychologist or therapist actually said it, I was like, oh, okay, so it's not just me. It, it really does something to you emotionally to see someone who could be your, your brother, your nephew, your brother, your nephew, your son, your friend, your cousin, co-worker, whatever it is. But it really does something to you to see someone who looks like someone you love, someone you could love, just be mistreated, killed, murdered, so, so senselessly, so violently. It's crazy to me, after being out of America, the things that have become so normalized here. And we know it's crazy, but I don't think you realize just how crazy it is until you go somewhere where like, it just doesn't happen. It just, the first time I encountered the police when I was in Ghana and we were driving back from somewhere and they set up police checkpoints um, after dark. I thought it was just like a, you know, a, a sobriety test or something like that. They give two shits. Um, 
the cops just pull you over, have a little chat with you. And basically they just want to bribe. 20 CDs is basically what the cops are looking for. That's the equivalent of like $2 USD. So, you know, you give them a little 20 and then you go on your way. That's what you pay in Ghana to not have to worry about the police mistreating you, manhandling you. You just pay your little bribe and you go on your way and you go home. To me, 20 CDs is nothing. I get paid in USD. I'm not thinking of it from the perspective of Ghanaian citizens to where 20 USD actually could be a significant hit to your pocket depending on your income level. But again, it's still not lost on me that like these stories of police beating the fuck out of people, police killing people, these police videos, like this constant stream of violence just doesn't exist in other places. Not just Ghana, but I mean like tons of other places. Like I'm moving to Johannesburg in in 10 days and everyone keeps talking about like, oh, the crime in Johannesburg, the crime in Johannesburg, the crime in Johannesburg. And I'm like, are you aware of Chicago and Atlanta? Or New York? It's a major city. Yeah, it has crime. Like, that happens. It's unfortunate, but, like, I'm from America. Like, Ghana, that makes sense to me. Why would they would be like, ooh, Johannesburg, that's too much, because they don't have that kind of crime. I'm from America. A 72-year-old and a 6-year-old both shot up shit in the same week. And those weren't even the only shootings. Those are just the ones that made the news. There were at least two other mass shootings that I'm aware of in the same fucking week. People like crime in Johannesburg, crime in Johannesburg. They carjack people in Johannesburg. Do they shoot up fucking malls and schools? I think I'll be all right. That's the episode for this week. Um, take care of yourselves. Um, I don't know what's going to be on this, this video that's coming out later today. I don't think people are going to go crazy, but in case they do, may the odds be forever in their favor. And by their, I mean the rioters. If folks see this video and it's as bad as it's expected and they feel like the need to take it to the streets, like, well, you know, stop killing black people. You don't want any more riots? Stop killing black people. It's an easy solve. Action and consequence. Stop killing black people. You'll never have another riot. Every major riot in this country that involves black people, at least, has always been about somebody black getting killed. I was going to say about police brutality, but I was thinking like Martin Luther King, people riot over King. That wasn't police. Or they after did riot. There's some cities that still ain't rebuilt from that shit. That's crazy. That's America. That's it for this episode. I'll be back next week. All right, y'all. Or wait, or wait, one second, not by. I was checking the internet to see if I missed anything about this Memphis case. No video coming out of Memphis yet, but... TMZ is reporting that TJ Holmes and Amy Robach are out at ABC. That's a direct quote from the headline. According to TMZ, sources connected to the network tell us after a marathon mediation session on Thursday, ABC and the two GMA3 anchors have severed ties and both will receive payouts per their contracts. What kind of payout are we talking here? According to TMZ, the meditation was, quote, extremely contentious. They accused Amy and TJ of various forms of misconduct. One of the accusations is Amy had liquor in her dressing room, which the ABC folks said was a violation of policy. There was also an accusation that Amy went to the college football national championship game a year ago and she came to work the next day drunk. This was something else that she denies. TMZ learned that it became clear in mediation that Amy and TJ did not handle their romance appropriately waiting too long to disclose it to the ABC execs. ABC also made it clear that, quote, their behavior on set was uncomfortable. That's a quote for some ABC staff. Oh, dear. 
TMZ notes that, quote, it's a stunning change from what the network initially said when the relationship was made public, stating that the two had not broken any rules and they were essentially considered equals at the show in position. Amy and TJ have been off the air since December 2nd. I didn't realize it had been that long. This drama has been going on for two months. TMZ says they don't know what Amy and TJ will do career-wise moving forward, but they note that they certainly haven't slowed down in the relationship department, and they say that they are a united front. Okay. I read that Amy was getting paid anywhere between $1 million and $3 million while at ABC. Let me look up and see what TJ was getting, allegedly. See, this is all speculation. Because sometimes I see stuff about me and my salary, and I'm like, where did y'all get that from? They said TJ was getting about $3 million too. George is getting between 15 and 18. Goddamn, George. $3 million a year? That's a good bag. Ain't no sex worth fucking up a $3 million bag, y'all. If it's dick that good, I don't want it. Leave it and the man it's attached to where it is. Oh, well. I'm rooting for DeMarco. DeMarco Morgan has been filling in for TJ and doing an excellent job. I'm, I'm looking forward to see more of DeMarco. Bruh did this shit to himself. I think Amy might genuinely be a casualty of this shit. Because the accusations, like you had liquor in your dressing room and and you showed up drunk for work over a year ago. They ain't really got nothing on you. We talked about this at one point. They wanted to get rid of TJ because he's the one that, you know, been using the office. It's his in real life Tinder account. Fucking everybody. But you can't fire the black man and keep the white chick. So they fired the white chick. Gotta go, gotta go. Rest in peace, Robin Harris. Okay, now that's it. I'm really gone this time. I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye.